0: Welcome to the God and Your Business Podcast. I'm Dr. Una, your host, the Jesus lover and serial entrepreneur. Each week, we will unlock timeless secrets for business success from the Bible. Regardless of your faith, I invite you to join me on this journey with the only thing you'll need a healthy dose of curiosity. And now for the episode. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the God and Your Business Podcast. As always, super pumped to be in your ears, and I have something really exciting for us to look up, look at today, and it, we're pulling it from the from the life of Joseph, and I'm just gonna read it, and I will let you guess where we're going with it. How about that? Okay. So the background of this story is, you know, you think about it. Joseph had Joseph had been sold into slavery. Okay, so he was a slave. Um, that's how we meet him in Genesis chapter 39. And, you know, he, his, his boss Potiphar was like, oh my goodness, clearly, this man is a man blessed by God, and God makes everything he does to prosper. And when I think about it in my day, I, you know, I try to, I try to not just gloss over the story. And I'm like, wait a minute, a slave was so anointed and you know had the presence of god and was functioning wisdom and all this so much so that his boss his master was like god is with this person like he saw it He, he couldn't obviously couldn't see wisdom but he could see the result of it and i was like like do i live that way where i produce results such that people are like god is with that one right But anyway, so that's, you know, 39. And then, you know, his boss's wife, Potiphar's wife, really liked Joseph and tried to get Joseph to sleep with her. Joseph was like, I cannot sin against God and I cannot sin against my boss by doing this thing. And so she set him up and, you know, told her husband he came to rape me when nobody else was here. And so he had him put in prison, not just any prison. He had him put in the king's where the king's prisoners were kept. And so, you know, Joseph goes from being a slave to being a slave in prison. Okay, so he's a slave in prison, but while there, God is still with him. He's still functioning all these gifts of the spirit, right? He's interpreting dreams. He's doing all these things, um, but he's there for years. And so there's some of the king's servants, a cupbearer and a baker, chief baker, who were there, and they had these dreams that are very troubling, and, you know, he interpreted them. And, you know, later on he was like, you know, when you get back to Pharaoh, you know, tell him about me, try to kind of use his network to get out. But, you know, they got there, they, they, you know, one of them got out and forgot about him for two whole years, like just completely forgot about him. And then two years later, Pharaoh has a dream and he can't interpret the dream and he's troubled by the dream. And he's telling his team like, hey, this is what, you know, this is a dream I had. And then the, the cupbearer's like, oh, wait a minute, I have, oh gosh, I have, I have sinned. Like there's this guy, you know, we had these dreams, uh, he interpreted them and we, the interpretation he gave was actually correct and all of those things. And Pharaoh sends for Joseph and Joseph interprets the dream. Now, get this, Joseph tells him what the dream is, then Joseph interprets the dream, and then he gives him the strategy, like what to do, now that he knows the meaning of the dream, right? So the interpret the dream was that you know there were you know you know seven you know scrawny cows and there's seven fat cows and the scrawny cows ate the fat cows and still looked as skinny as they were and you know things like that. But but the interpretation was that there was going to be seven years of plenty and then there was going to be seven years of a famine and then um, it, the famine will be so bad that people forget that there were even those seven very prosperous years. And nobody asked Joseph, but he went on to say, because of this, this is what Pharaoh should do. So you see what I mean? He gave him three things, the dream, the interpretation of the dream, and the strategy to, you know, survive whatever the interpretation is. Okay, so this leads me to where I was going to read, all right? So Genesis chapter 41, I'm reading from verse 37, and it says, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously filled with the spirit of God. Okay, so obviously filled with the spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, "'I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt.'" Okay? So Joseph went from slave, foreigner, slave, prisoner, to the person in charge of the then superpo- world superpower, right? Okay, and, and, and so the reason is how come? What is the differentiator? How come he was able to do that? And, you know, it's, it's funny that we'll take lessons from Pharaoh, who was not somebody who knew God, but he said he was so obviously filled with the Spirit of God. And, you know, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, the Bible talks of us being temples of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. He's with us. Like, we are literally the address of God. You know what I mean? Like, he lives on the inside of us, according to the scriptures. So that means that we have the opportunity to become people who, because I want you to think about what happened to Joseph, right? So they had the seven years of plenty, then they have the seven years of famine, and then everybody, every nation was coming to buy food from Egypt. And so Joseph being in charge of Egypt, Joseph became a global brand, like a global global brand. It's so wild when you actually stop and think about it, Okay. And this was all because of his vital, real relationship with God. Genesis 39, you know, two talks about it said, and God was with Joseph. And so he succeeded in all he did. You know what I mean? And so it brings me all the way to how does that apply to me? Because God may have shown you, like you may be thinking about your business and you see these big things He's shown you. You think about your life and there's these big dreams that you've had and all of these things. You may not be able to do it, but you and God can do it. You may not be able to do it on your own, but you're not on your own. You're in partnership with God. He is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is your unfair advantage. He's the one who gives you the upper hand. He's the one that really does the heavy lifting. We just do our corresponding action, but he's the one doing the heavy lifting. And so how do we stop ignoring him? How do we actually have an understanding of what we actually have access to? Because the fact that you have that, the fact that that you are in partnership with the Holy Spirit, you have the opportunity to be, doesn't mean you will be. Same way I can have a million dollars in the bank, but there's a process for me to go get the million dollars, right? Is it in the bank? Is it mine? Yes. But am I doing without if I don't go to the bank, cash a check, all of those things? Yeah. Yeah, you there are things God has given us access to that we're not touching at all. So what do we do? What do we do so that we can have this vibrant relationship with God? What do we do so that we can stop start walking the reality of this partnership? What do we do so we can start taking advantage of our unfair advantage? Right? And I wanna give you I wanna give you four things. Okay. The first thing is to pray for a revelation of the fact that you are in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Now, you may have heard the stories, you may have read some of the scriptures, you may have done all of those things, but you will see all over the scriptures where the Bible talks about praying for understanding. Um, David, in, in Psalm 119, he said, open my eyes, Lord, that I will see wondrous things in your law. Clearly, he wasn't blind. He wasn't physically blind, right? But he's like, give me understanding of this. Give me understanding of this. Okay. So how do I tap into what God has given me? I pray for understanding. I read the scripture. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I pray for understanding. Jesus said, it's good for you that I go away. Cause if I go away, the Holy Spirit, I'll send another comforter, right? Like, give me understanding of this thing that Jesus said is better for, is better for him to go away so I can have this. Right. So that, so that's the first thing is praying for, praying for, for understanding, understanding of our partnership. The second thing is meditating on the scriptures. Okay. And if you're like, yeah, meditate, I don't know how to do that. There is a, there's a, there's an episode, um, that's how to meditate. Um, and this is something you can do in five to 10 minutes a day. But oh my goodness, if you'll do it. It will change your life. And so you start meditating on those scriptures. You start meditating on like Genesis 39 to the David, um, Joseph succeeded in everything he did because God was with him. And the Bible talking about that there was talking about him as a slave, like even as a slave, he was successful. Like his boss was like, I put you in charge of everything I own as a slave, as a foreigner, right? If you if you look at 1 Samuel eighteen fourteen, 14, talks about the same thing. And David continued to succeed in all he did because God was with him right? You sit with those scriptures. You sit with them. Um, you know, t- talking about the help of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is my shepherd. For instance, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He guides me. He leads me. shows me the way I should go. I'm not supposed to grope around in the dark. I'm not supposed to not know what to do. Like, I may not know what to do, but I'm carrying, I'm carrying the one who knows everything. Right. And so I can just ask him and get direction. You might go like, but I don't know if I can hear from, from, from God. But the scriptures say, um, you know, Jesus talking about it. He was like, you know, my sheep, they hear my voice. Right. Are you his sheep? If you're saved, yes. And so that means you do hear his voice. So I have the ability, I just need to grow in it. But you you sit on all those scriptures. The more you meditate on them, the more of a reality they become, the more aware you are that the Holy Spirit is with you at all times, the more you lean on him for help, the more you pay attention to his leading, the more of a sign and a wonder you'll be. Okay. So that's number, that's number two. Number three, number three is read the word. Like, so meditation, a lot of times you're taking one scripture and you're doing a deep dive on it and things like that, but When you're reading, when you're reading the word, you're reading chapters, you're reading whole books and things like that, what you're doing is you're really looking at what is God's way of doing things, right? Especially like if you're reading the life of Jesus. How did he respond to people? How did he talk to people? How did he treat people? What did he do in the face of challenges? What did he do when people didn't believe him? Like every time you look at that and you uncover one of them, that's the wisdom of God. That's the way God acts. That's the way God behaves. In the scripture in Isaiah 55, um, 11 says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, right? Like my ways are so higher than your ways. And this is the thing. That's why his results are different from our results. But if we start adopting his ways, we start getting his caliber of results, right? And so if you read the scriptures with, with this curiosity, like how does God act? How does God think? What does God do in certain situations? Then you can start adopting that and you can start doing that too. And guess what? You start having signs and wonders caliber results, okay? So read the word. It's not this ritual we do as Christians. It's something you do to set yourself up. Set yourself up to be a billboard for God. Number four, number four is you practice. You practice functioning in the wisdom of God. You practice functioning in the wisdom of God. What does that mean? It means that the things that you are learning, you will have opportunity to act them out, act them out. right? So if you, are, if you look at the life of Jesus, you'll find that Jesus loved people. So you practice loving people. I don't do people. No, you practice loving people, right? Um, You see that Jesus, when faced with lack, he gave thanks, right? When they said, oh, there's no food to feed these people. We just have five loaves and two fish. What was the first thing he did? He took it. He blessed it. he, He gave thanks. Would you give thanks if you don't have all you want? Or would you pitch a fit? And every time you stop and you give thanks instead for what you do have, you're practicing the wisdom of God. I did a podcast episode, The Seven Marketing Strategies of Jesus. And so you have your business, you know, Jesus was out there in the crowd, Jesus went and he spoke in multiple places, you know, Jesus leveraged influence, all of those kind of things. And you then are like, okay, this is what Jesus did in his quote-unquote business, and you start practicing the wisdom of God. You're like, I don't do stuff like that. Now you do, (laughs) right? You start practicing. And the more you practice, the Jesus leaned on the Holy Spirit. Jesus waited for guidance and all of those things. We start practicing that. The more you practice the wisdom of God, the more God-kind results you get, okay? So I wanted to leave you With this, you have an unfair advantage. And your unfair advantage is the Holy Spirit. And He can take you to the highest heights. Look at what He did in the life of Joseph. We're not alone. We don't have to figure this all out by ourselves, but we do need to build a vital, real, dynamic, relationship with the Holy Spirit who's already living on the inside of us, which means we've been ignoring him. And now we don't ignore him anymore, right? Because we're practicing, (laughs) right? Okay. So the things that God has shown you, he's with you and he wants to get them done with you. Now is your time to start working, with him. Okay. So go practice this. I cannot wait to hear all the stories and all the testimonies that will come out of it. For those of you who have sent me PMs and DMs, thank you so much. They are so many of you have been like, don't stop. The podcast is changing my life. Okay. So you have wins, share them with me. I'd love to celebrate with you and I can't wait to hear them and share this episode with another person, another entrepreneur in your life. And I'll see you on the next episode of the God in Your Business podcast. You've been listening to the God in Your Business podcast. If anything you've ever heard on this podcast has helped you, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It really helps us get the word out. Thank you so much. And remember, you are not alone in business. You're doing business with God, the smartest being in the universe. See you next week.